Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. I am your host, Nick, and today with you, with the season ahead looming on the horizon, I have Matthew. Some things never change, hey? You are, you know, we try and get everyone involved, but no one wants to be here, and it's just, uh, just you and me. Let's make the, the excitement making... between you and I is is greater <laughs> than the excitement of everyone else combined. I feel like it's like, uh, what's the saying? Uh, it's not one plus one equals three, but I think like that's that's. I think that is the saying. Maybe <laughs> one plus one equals three. The sum of the parts is greater than the parts uh, individually. If if that makes sense, you know what I'm trying to say though. I'm, we're we're bigger than just. Bigger than just two individuals. That's right. That's right. So, what's been going on? What have you been doing in this off season? Uh, not much. Just waiting for football. Um, mm. Waiting more for football. Well, COVID, like everyone mm. else. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, you had that as well, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did. You're, had, had this actually, bicycle. you're uh, you're a little bit more eventful than I was, but yeah, COVID, now, uh, yeah, we're off uh, into the big wide world. Where, uh, out of the out of the nest and more into a uh, rental property, which is great. Um, oh, excellent! Paying someone else's mortgage, so that's always you know just giving back to the world. Just um, giving back, giving back to the capitalist machine. <laughs> um, trying to, I think that's about uh, that's about it for me. Yeah, I've just been uh, waiting for footy. How about yourself? Oh, well, nothing, nothing, nothing interesting has happened between October and now. Mm, mm, no, uh... no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, Eleanor arrived. Uh, that's why we've been a bit quiet or I've been a bit quiet over the summer. It's been a busy few, four or five months. Um, so now, well, she was a paid up member um, the day after she arrived. So she has been an Essendon member for almost her entire life. Um, yeah. And so I've been getting a lot of emails from the club asking if she's going to be coming to games and those sorts of things. And um, if she remembers, you know, days in the early 2000s when, you know, Lloydie kicked this many goals, you know, those promo emails that you get. Um, And I'm like, Essendon, she's four months old. She doesn't even know who Lloydie is. Well, not yet uh, anyway. Not yet. Exactly right. No, you've got to to brainwash early and you've got to ingrain... Uh, in this digital day and age, uh, just flooding emails is is probably the way to go. So, uh... so when I was playing footy, there was there was um, this acronym ELO. So when you call for the ball, it's early, it's loud, and it's often, and that nice. applies to to brainwashing your child. <laughs> early, loud, often. So she's already yeah. been watching YouTube highlights with me. Um, she's been watching past games on KO. So we're getting there. We're getting there. I love to hear it, but what what um obviously your first time dad, and this is all very new. And uh, what I mean, obviously Daniela was the the first parent, but uh, not not as much of a footy head as yourself. Uh, mm. What can you? I just want to get like your emotional sort of response, your initial emotional response. If there there comes a time where you know maybe she uh, late teens or mid teens or at least I don't know, uh, she's like dad. I just don't like football. I just, I just don't care. What happens then? <laughs> then talk us through you're, your emotions right now when you hear that. You're living, you're living with your nonna and nonno. <laughs> oh, just hop across the fence. We're just, we're just sending you to Arizona to your grandmother over there. <laughs> who That's who now lives in Australia. 
Not yet, not yet. Not We're yet. gonna keep not it yet. there just in case. Yeah. Um, I don't think that'll happen. Our family such we have a family podcast about the football club. Mm. There's no way that she's escaping a love of the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, right. Do you think maybe, maybe you know when she, when the the circle turns over and uh, you know you're you're a nonno, um, perhaps it's just something she doesn't ingrain into her. It doesn't pass down the lineage just because of how uh, infatuated it was growing up. It's almost like a traumatic memory for her. Uh, potentially, potentially, but let's not talk about such dire, sad news mm. in this <laughs> in this exciting season preview pre-season review looking forward to round one episode oh let's yeah let's uh yeah well, let's do all those things um i've actually i've come very prepared today so I'm, I'm i'm expecting some some good discussion nice nice so for the listeners ahead what we're going to do is going to start with a, a quick review of the pre-season um well and, and the off-season in fact we never got around to doing that um, individual off-season episode. So uh, mm. trade period, which was pretty quiet, um, trade and drafting period, um, have a chat about the preseason. And then as always, we're going to look ahead to round one and how we line up against the G-Long Cats. Um, so Maddie, why don't we take a quick little break and then we can, when we come back in, we'll have a look at uh, the trade and draft period and then move on from there. Sounds good to me. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. So, Maddie, this is the part that always confuses me, right? The 2021 draft and trade period, in fact, leads into the 2022 season. So, whenever I look up, like, who got drafted this year, I always think, like, drafted in 2022 because that was their first year. But it's not. It's the 2021 trade and draft period tell me about yeah. it how do you think we went um i mean from, from a trade perspective and a free agency perspective uh no news is good news considering uh the year we had uh before Previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, well obviously the jake kelly one uh that's um i, I think it, well, I mean, we'll obviously get into that uh i had that down for preseason but i think you know just a, a handy little pickup not a superstar um, but no, you know, no big signs, but also no losses as well, which, as I said, uh, coming off uh, 12 months ago is probably a good result. Mm, I um, think just so on Jake Kelly, Jake Kelly, I think is a really, people talk about Moneyball, you know, that, that movie with Brad Pitt where they, they get a lot of, they look at the stats really well and they get a lot of no names and they create a really good team. Um, I don't think Jake Kelly is that type of, pick up i think jack kelly is actually a really good defender but he is a defender's defender if that makes mm. sense he's he's not nick hine that's going to give you something going the other way he's not jordan ridley that's going to create going forward he is a guy that we had a lot of trouble last season with small forwards and with those medium jack darling size forwards um, and it really hurt our team going forward because it meant that ridley who's that kind of odd-sized defender had to go to them. I think Jake Kelly is a really, really clever pickup and it shows that the team, the club knows the type of play that they want to do, the play style they want to have and he fits in perfect. I think he's a really, really astute, really smart pickup. Yeah, no, so I, I do agree with all of that. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't... Uh, I mean, this guy's going to come and, you know, he'll be our uh, 30th or 20, 22 to 30. No, he's definitely in the 
the 22 in terms of, you know, the role he plays and what he then allows other people to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, it's not a level of Joe Danaher leaving or Assad leaving or uh, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. um, that's, that's the point I was trying to make. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think in terms of the draft eights, obviously Ben Hobbs is the big fish there and the, the talk of the town. Uh, yep. I don't know too much about the others. Um, seems mm-hmm. as though we've gone a similar route to what we did last year. Um, oh, and, and obviously, uh, know a bit about Garrett McDonough as well. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I, I, look, if anything's come to fruition over the past 12 months, it's that Adrian Dodora is very, very good at his job. Mm. I'm sure, you know, they didn't, uh, draft and just pick willy nilly. I'm sure there's a lot of consideration, a lot of thought and, won't be surprised if we've unpicked a couple of gems there. Yeah, so McDonough, he's got a booming left kick and he's ready to play. So he's he's definitely been drafted as coverage. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who can step straight in if we lose um, a hind for extended period of time. You know, he, he'll just come in across halfback, hopefully yeah. forces his way into the team, but he's really good coverage. Yeah, um, he, Alistair, I'd have him as a, a hybrid hybrid between Michael Hibbert and Nick Hind. He's, he's got a bit, he's not... Overly quick. He's got a bit of dash, um, but a, a nice uh, nice kick as well. But he probably didn't have the stockiness of Michael Hibbard. Mm. Yeah, but sorry. Alistair Lord is, um, is a rebounding defender, so another half-back player. And look, yeah. he's he's a he's a project player. He's a bit skinny. He's going to take some time to come forward, but hopefully turns into a player. Um, ben Hobbs, as we spoke about, gun inside mid. And I'm just looking for the last one that we drafted. Uh, like Patrick a boss, boss or that's right. That's one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's been he's surprised quite a few people. So we got him in the rookie draft, um, pick nine, uh, and he's a big boy. Um, so he's just a, a big key position prospect. Plays at both ends of the ground. So really, um, could be anything. Josh Jenkins came off the rookie list, so um, you know, just to say he got drafted on the rookie list doesn't mean that he he won't be a player. No, absolutely not. No, I, I think um, anything can happen when you go into a full-time environment. So, mm. um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't, there's too much to glo- like, it's not too much in the there's a little bit. It? There's a little bit. There's a little bit. There's a little bit. You, you've got and, something at the slate. Okay. And he goes by the names. There's two of them. They go by the names of Tex Wanganine and ah. Nicholas Martin. And boy, oh boy, did you see them in the practice games? I did, yeah, I, I think uh, Tex was more in the, uh, the intra club. Um, mm. And Nick, obviously, very smooth uh, in the community series. So, mm. um, oh, so and, and uh, Tex played that other game, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Um, now, very, I, I, I'm, I, I look at a guy like Nick Martin. I haven't, obviously, I haven't seen too much of Tex, even mm. to some extent. Um, how how do you hold yourself as a recruiter and, and a guy with that much talent and smoothness misses out on the draft for, for however many years? Like yeah. he's clearly up to the level. Maybe look, maybe he's just come a long time since since getting picked up. But how does he how does a guy like that slip through? I I just don't understand. Well, he looks like he's got good balance, he's got good delivery, he knows where the ball's gonna be, he gets possessions. Yeah, I mean every club missed him. So I'm not sure. And look, he hasn't. He's only played a couple of practice games, so he's not mm. at the level yet. But he looks really good. I'm I'm really happy that he's on our list, to be honest, and that we didn't pass him up. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that happens. There's obviously a reason, right? There's obviously a reason that 
um, he he gets missed and doesn't make it onto a list. And maybe he's developed in the waffle over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's 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 very uh, very possible. Um, and obviously with Tex, look a little bit of an excitement uh, machine as the small forwards normally are. Uh, he just but- didn't get to play. He had two seasons rubbed out, one mm. both with COVID, just didn't get to play at his his top age year level. So um, yeah. I'm not surprised that he, because he was, the, the talk was he wasn't very fit um, in his final year and he's he's done a lot of work on his body in that time. So um, oh, I think he, he looks really smooth. He kind of reminds me a little bit about Irving Mosquito, like the way that he moves, the way that he attacks the ball, that sort of thing. So... I yeah. think we found one with with Tex. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably need a year or two just to get the, as you said, just keep working on his body. But uh, no, I think anyone with that that last name and I can show a bit of grit and determination. Um, mm. Probably, yeah, can can hold it at the at the level. Um, but so, uh, yeah, I, I was actually going to add. Uh, I was I was a bit disappointed that we let go of uh, Dylan Clark and and our man. I don't know much about uh, Ronald, uh, F- sorry, Fejo or Feo Jr. I've probably got that pronunciation mm. wrong. But uh, yeah, I was, I understand why we got rid of Dill Clark, but it, it just, it just hurt a bit getting rid of a guy like that who, who just got everything out of himself and you, you knew what you, what you were going to get. Yeah. It, I, I can understand it given that he wasn't a great user by foot and, We've stacked our inside mids now. Mm. We, we've got Hobbs coming back, yeah. Hobbs, we've got Parrish, um, uh, Caldwell. All of those guys are getting a game ahead of him. Um, and so the only other position he, as he played last year, and he and did good jobs. Like, I, I, I agree. I was disappointed with losing him. But at some point, um, you have to move on the guys that are sort of almost there for the guys that you're going to either develop or that you know are going to be there. Um, and when, you, when you're kicking is not a strength, um, I think that's a problem at AFL level. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's probably a problem at any level. Um, uh, that, that's, uh, look, I, yeah, like I said, I understand it. Um, I, I, I wonder if he was, yeah, I, I don't know. Because Part of me always feels well. It was either way, just just always a, that bit unlucky, you know. Sometimes you could you need a bit of luck to go your way, and he probably had things not go. I mean, the guy came in and shut Paddy Crooks, who was the best player in the league at the time, to yeah, eighteen possessions or something when Paddy was getting thirty uh, on a bad day. So, mm. um, and then he was out of the side in a couple of weeks, or you know, lost his spot. I'm thinking, <laughs> what more do you have to do? But um, yeah, I agree. That, well, that that was very indicative of the worst fault era, wasn't it? that favourites would get games and that um, players would come in, do a role, play really well and get dropped. And and players like, you know, the old faithful, like Zaharakis or whatever, would, would play games and, and not get dropped. Mm. Yeah, or perhaps just that maturity factor, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I uh, he's gone now. So, <laughs> unfortunately, it's, uh, yeah, we, we look forward to what we've got, which, you know, when he, if you're tossing up or well, brought in Hobbs, uh, and you know a couple other smalls and stuff like that. Who who he probably competes with a spot with. Yeah, yeah. Take him, he, he, the other thing. The, the other thing is he doesn't really have any pace, right? So he's he's probably the hardest football player we had on the list, right? But he, he's not a great kick, and he doesn't have any pace. So where are you putting him? If you're not putting him right in the guts to be the extractor, what 
what role is he doing that someone else can't do more efficiently? Well, that's, uh, that's exactly why he's not on the list. So, um, yeah, no, terrific extractor and, and harden up. Um, mm. uh, look, I, I hope he gets another shot somewhere. I, I do because I think... Yeah, me too. Yeah. I really like him. I really like yeah. him. Um, the only other one to talk about is Bobby Hill, the failed trade. Um, of course, yeah. So, look, he would have been an interesting pickup, but um, I'm not really sure about the ins and outs. Apparently, he nominated us and we weren't really aware of it until he did nominate. Um, but we couldn't get it done for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, I think I, I mean, um, when you've got leverage in a deal, you don't have to go above and beyond. Mm. Um, would have been nice to have him, but I'm not upset that we didn't give up too much. We sort of backed in and said, no, well, this is what we value, and um, uh, you know, we're not going to lose out in this deal. Um, <laughs> I dare say GWS probably salty on us for um, the Caldwell deal, so. And the um, Shield deal and the Devin Smith deal. Well, we we um, I mean, I think we gave him fair compensation for the Shield. I mean, two first round picks. Um, yeah, but I mean, it came around and you know it ended up being Shield and Caldwell for two first round pick. You know, in, in yeah, yeah, that that was Caldwell's pick. One of them was Caldwell's pick. Yeah, so exactly really, it was right. a first and a second for Shield and Caldwell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. yeah, no, another one. He'll, I think he'll. It could be a Josh Dunkley situation there where you, you you're upset you didn't get him, but at the end of the day, like, oh, you know, we, we move on. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't hear a thing out of Josh Dunkley camp this year. So um, yeah. it's like 12 months on after we didn't get it done. Uh, big deal. You know, he'll go and do his thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks with GWS and uh, we move on with the guys we've got in, you know, Tex and um, yeah. the Waka I mean, that's a point of discussion. Who's going to fill tip off for a little bit? Um, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to yeah. that. I, I have some thoughts. I'm not as doom and gloom as a lot of people seem to be. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that point in a mm. bit of time. But overall, what do you think? What do you think in the off season? Uh, drafting, trading, oh, etc. So, yeah, I, I think it's a tick. As I said, no news is good news. I didn't think it had to be. There really had to be that much done. You know, maybe you plug a yeah. few holes, and it looks like we've probably done that through the draft and the the supplemental uh, selection period. Yeah, the, the big the big one was there's been talk that we need a, a big key forward, but and we didn't go after one, but there was none really available to be honest. Mm. Well, I've actually got that in my notes. Uh, we do need someone to stand up, but I I, I uh, I've got a feeling there might be already on our list. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm hopeful. I agree. I'm hopeful. So so why don't we take a little bit of a break, Maddie, and then when we come back, we'll have a chat about um, preseason in general. Thanks, good. So, Matthew, the time of eternal optimism is here. It's coming to an end. Pre-season, the time when any club can win the premiership, when everyone's training their house down, when everyone's fitter than they've ever been, when everyone is having a flyer. Pre-season, how do we go? What do you think? Um, Look, I think the difference in uh, this year as compared to not last year. Last year was a little bit of a... Uh, who knows what we're going to get? There's too much, not too more, but a lot of change happening. Pardon me. Um, I compare it to like a 19, 18, 17. And we're like, yep, yeah, you know, we, we're going for it this year. Like, this is, you know, we're so much sharper and we're doing this better. And 
Yeah, so we made so much noise. Um, and I think, you know, people like you and me were discussing, we're like, oh, we got this elite player, this guy's a gun, this guy. And they were, you know, they were standard players, but, like, you know, oh, he's a game breaker and this and that. Um, whereas I think now we actually might genuinely, I mean, not might, we do have some genuine superstars. Um, and we don't need to, you know, fluff about and say, you know, argue to ourselves, yeah, these guys are elite or, you know, very good. Um, you know, there's actually widely recognized throughout the league now. So I think it's probably the first time we've we've had that in a while. Um, but there doesn't seem to be that hoorah and the and the and the carry-on from in, inside the yeah. club. It's very much a lid-on approach, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I, I'm I'm not concerned in terms of the Amy community series and how we went. I'm not one bit concerned about how we went or what the results were. Um mm-hmm. There's a, uh, like, you know, Merritt played half a game and Parrish played half a game and no stringer and blah, blah, blah. So, overall, yeah, I like a, it's very much a no news, good news sort of theme from off season into pre season. That, that's the impression well, I got. There is a bit of news, with, but yeah. I got the impression that it was pretty overall, if you look at 99% of the list, it was smooth sailing. Mm. Everyone just got through the pre season really well. And so the big ones that we need to talk about are players like Jai Caldwell, who missed 20 games last season, full preseason. Um, who else missed big chunks? James Stewart missed a big chunk, came back sort of second half of the year, played really well, full preseason. Most of our players um, have had a re- relatively uninterrupted preseason, which is great news, building on the success of last year, coming into a new season. The big ones, as seems to happen every year, and I feel like this is um, this is a bit of the showman in Jake Stringer. I think he always likes to come into round one. Will he play? Won't he play? What's going on? And then he turns up like the big show and just destroys round one. So, so I actually feel like Drake Jake Stringer does this on purpose. Does a little niggle a couple of weeks out from round one, and then just rocks up. You know, like the meme we always send to each other: Superman busting through the wall. So, <laughs> I'm actually not concerned about Jake Stringer at all. The the big the the two big concerns for me are Zach Reed and. Waller. They're, they're the only real concerns I have around the preseason. Okay. Uh, why, why Reed? Well, he's just been, he's been getting these niggly growth-related sort of injuries, and he's missed the whole season last year with Glandula, and I, I think if we get to the end of the year and he hasn't played sort of 10 games, then he's real, not that he's going to get delisted or anything like that, but he's so much further behind in terms of development than potentially Cox and Perkins. Like you watch Perkins throughout the preseason and he looks like he belongs at the level now. He looks like a player that is part of the 22 rather than, you know, when the, the young kids come in, you're like, oh yeah, if they get a kick, that's great. Otherwise, you know, it's their first year player. Perkins doesn't look like that to me anymore. He looks like a guy that you're going to put on half forward and you're going to say, this is your job, get it done. Mm. And so that that's my concern with Zach Reed is that he hasn't really had a preseason at all. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's it's a TBC with with uh, Zach. Um, <laughs> I hate to say we've seen it before with one uh, S Gumbleton, but um, mm. I, don't, I don't don't even want to talk about it. Um, no, nah, that was different, Gumbleton had a disc injury and then they sent him for surgery, um, which 
was bad news, really bad news. Never should have sent him for a discectomy. And then that just ended his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Reed's a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Reed's, Reed's got stress responses. He had a stress response in his, in his vertebrae, which admittedly I don't know a heap about. Like, depends on where it is. Depends on what region of the spine. I imagine it's probably lower back. Um, and they, if you catch them, they don't become a fracture. They can heal really well. So it's a different type of injury. And then he had one through his foot, I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that, uh, that seemed two pretty typical injuries you'd have uh, coming from, because uh, he was a Victorian boy. Yeah. Gippsland. Yeah. Uh, so coming off a season of not playing much footy uh, or, or any footy at all from, 2020 into 2021 a pretty i would imagine a bit of a adjustment in workload and intensity and all that sort of thing and and, perhaps and, yeah. and the other thing for him is he's quite tall so mm. lots of pressure through through his levers and he's and he's doing a weights program so he's putting on a lot of size but also what happens if he's in the the bell curve that finishes growth late like i'm not sure do you know how old he is let's have a look um, i'd be 20 20 this year so some some adolescents will be on if you're on the right hand side of the bell curve, um, instead of finishing growing sort of 18, 19, they can finish sort of 2021. 20, so where is okay. this guy? Yeah, Third, so if he's still growing. Yeah. If he's still growing, so he's 202 centimeters. He was born in let's have a look at full profile. Actually 2002. So he he's 20 oh, wow. this year. He's yeah. just turned 20. So he potentially, his growth plates aren't closed yet. Potentially. Okay. Um, yeah. So some of that could be attributed to that. Um, I would expect that he would, but he, he could be one of the small percentage where his growth plates aren't closed and that makes him more susceptible to stress fractures and those sorts of things. Yeah, um, okay. But I would expect sort of by the end of this year, um, unless he has some kind of genetic condition, which it doesn't look like he has, um, that he would be completely finished growing. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully on the up for him. Mm. Um, so I was actually, yeah, I, I was about to say, I don't know if Jim Stewart uh, holds down that fullback position the whole year. Um, he's looked good though, hasn't he? He's has looked he? good when he, when he, yeah, in all the games he's played, he looked really good. Okay. I'll take you. Yeah. But um, I agree with you. Like if, if Reed comes in, you probably well, it depends where we are in the season, right, and how well we're playing. Mm. But I'd I'd rather give games to Reed over Stewart for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I just you know whoever plays, I just, you know, hopefully they can uh, play their role, um, yeah. which to which they play very similar. Um, but actually, I want to go on your point there with Stringer. I think he's one that like pre uh, twenty twenty one, you know, like people like yourself and myself. Um, were very eyes, you know, if he turns it, he's the next, it can be a Dusty Martin type and blah, blah, blah. And everyone thought, you know, Stringer's career was done. Um, or, you know, he was he was never going to be that. But now, you know, he's genuinely discussed as, or at least at some stage during the year, he was the best player in the comp. So yeah. um, they're the sort of ones where, you know, like, you you know, you and I, before Parrish was going off for however many, he was, you know, 40 plus, 30 plus for however many weeks. Um, we knew how, how good he was. Um, mm. But just the league hadn't seen him, no one recognised So even even a guy like Langford, uh, who looks yeah. very smooth, by the way. Oh, he looks so good, didn't he? He looks. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna. 
he's like the secret agent, right? He just flies under the radar, or maybe he's a stealth bomber, right? He just flies under the radar and continues to improve, gets better and better. But it's not it's not at the trajectory like Parrish was, right? It wasn't like a rocket ship. He just has 10%, 20%, 10% consistently over his career. And I think he's going to be a real good player this year. Yeah, I, I get a feel he's, he's very much uh, settled into his own at AFL level. So I'm very excited for him. Um, but I guess we could do that. We could do that all day and talk about who we're excited about because it would be 25 of them. Um, yeah. I actually re- uh, a point I wanted to get on was that uh, the Merritt, Shield, and McGrath moves to half forward and half back and potentially more wing. I imagine. Um, big fan. I'm big fan. I said it at the end of last year that I thought McGrath and Shield had to find other roles, uh, whether that was yeah. half back or she- I actually thought they were going to go to wing in a similar uh, role to so what Bailey Smith does at the Western Bulldogs. Yep. Um, but I like McGrath going back again uh, to potentially freeze up hind or uh, just add to, you know, a real dynamic duo there. Um, I really, I, everything that I've seen of McGrath this preseason is he is back to the number one pick player. Like yep. he looks really smooth, looks really attacking, really agile. I'm, I'm excited. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, or I hope he has a big year. So yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. happy with McGrath. He's probably been my bolter of the preseason, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think he's just so much better on the outside and with the ball in front of him rather than yeah. in a contested... Not to say he's bad in a contested situation at all, uh, but when we're so blessed with guys like Parrish, Merritt, um, yeah. Caldwell, Langford, I mean, list, list can go on there. Uh, I think... Well, what I like about this is that when sometimes Merritt can get tagged pretty hard yeah and i like that we've got the opportunity now to throw him to half back him still being setting up the play um and then throw someone else into the midfield to to turn that weakness into a strength if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I think that's exactly why they would have done it is because when Merritt gets tagged um that you know we can all right go to half back and still be as influential as he can for us but generally speaking i'll be interested to see if teams tag in that Manner, mm-hmm. uh, like I don't think you do you tag off half back. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't. Know. And, and even then, if you're going to put Merritt in a foot race, he's, he'll beat a lot of guys. So, mm-hmm. um, McGrath tick, Merritt move tick. Um, it's a shield one that I find interesting because uh, mm-hmm. he he came away from GWS to uh, to get off half forward and be almost full time mid, and now obviously mm-hmm. the things have changed around. Essendon, and he's going to have to play a bit of uh, half forward. Um, how, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I don't mind it. Um, but I think we're playing how it works. I think we're going to be playing a um, what is it? I think we're going to be playing an eight-man midfield. I think that half backer Merritt or um, McGrath, whoever that is, is actually going to be pushing into the midfield, and I think the half forward player is going to be pushing into the mid- midfield. I don't think they're going to be playing permanent half-back, half-forward, as you and I know that position. Dylan Schill is, is an out-and-out midfielder. He's not going to be sitting in the forward line um, unless he's resting there, right, to save on rotations. It's just not going to be what he's doing. It's not what he's good at. It's not what he's getting paid the big bucks for. They're just going to be managing minutes. It's not as if we're going to go into a game and we're going to be having Dylan Shield play as the permanent small forward. It's not. Oh, he's yeah, going to be there for no, three no. or four minutes a quarter. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's I'm just 
Keep going. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't think... Uh, I was not what I was about. I don't think he's going to play the tipper role. Um, yeah. There'll obviously just be times where instead of being at the contest, he's now uh, a kick, I want to say, in front of the ball, but a kick towards our goal. So he's got his back towards our, our goal, um, but he's a yeah. kick ahead of, of, of the contest uh, at, yeah. at times. I just wonder how, how that'll go. Um, but I see you yeah. say... And, and the modern game is you play nine mids anyway, like your half, your half yeah. four or eight, your seven, eight mids, whatever it is. Um, but your half forwards and half backs move up and, and push up and you know, yep. try to get involved on the outside. So I'll be the, interested the to see is, if we can, yeah, how we can impact at, at that position. Well, yeah, the problem is we have nine players for six spots, right? But mm. those, the, the three extra mids, for example, are too good of players to leave out of the team. So all they're going to be doing is rotating more. So instead of rotating onto the bench, they're all going to be spending some time at half back or half forward. Yeah, um, because there's just not yeah, enough bench cool. spots and, and not enough time for rotations. And so I think as a pure um, speed power midfielder, um, they're going to leave Shiel in the forward line for a couple of minutes, try and use his speed to get ahead of the ball. Um, McGrath, who can play really well off half back, they're going to use his rotation time and Merritt's rotation time to set up play from the back line. Um, I don't. I think we're overstating the fact that um, and not you, I, I mean the football media are overstating the fact that McGrath's playing halfback now. He is, but he's not. He's going to be a midfielder. Shield's going to play half forward for a little bit. Different story with Devin Smith. I think Devin Smith is a permanent forward now. Um, he doesn't have a spot in the midfield and we're crying out for his tackling pressure in the forward line. So I think true of him, he won't be getting much midfield time barring injuries. We're talking about a best 22 here. He'll be a permanent forward. Snelling, I think, will be a permanent forward but mm, that high half forward. Yeah. But but Sheil and, and McGrath and Merritt, yeah, they'll spend a bit of time on the flanks, but that's not going to be their position. They're going to be playing exactly how they were last year for the majority of the time. Maybe 80% instead of 90%, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. No, fair call. Um, either way, I, I like the, vers- the the move in terms of developing versatility through our guys rather mm-hmm. than having a log jam saying, all right, how can we get more guys to contribute across yep. areas of the ground? So no, uh, the I other agree. point I had was uh, Jake Kelly. We've already touched on him. Defender's defender, going to come and play well from us. Purely pretty much from a defensive point of view, you would have thought in terms of stopping opposition best, small and medium forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the only point I had is, is it's a bit doom and gloomy here, but I wonder if we're too late on the game style we want to play. And it does sort of come from the fact that we don't yet or yet to see a tall forward really stand up, which I don't, I don't not to say it's off the cards, um, but we are, I mean, and uh, Joey Montagna talks about this on Triple M, that the game now at AFL level is moving towards that Richmond style of kick it forward, kick it long uh, to a contest, just get the ball moving at all costs, flood stoppages, and just, just get it moving, roll the ball forward as, as quickly as possible, rather than what was maybe done eh, five, six, seven years ago of you know try and uh, be skillful and, and pick apart your opposition through skill and move the ball that way, uh, mm. which seems to be the way we're going um, in terms of, being skillful, moving the ball nicely and, and, and cutting opposition teams with, with skill. I wonder if we're too late on that. Um, um, like have, we missed, have we missed the boat? And- I don't think so. I don't think so. I think 
if I was choosing a style of football to play and, and a group of players, I would rather 22 very skilled players over um, a messy game style of getting it forward. Melbourne's delivery through the season was pretty impeccable. Mm. Um, the way that you beat them was messy play, kicking it low and hard into the forward line, getting it on the ground. But they were very skilled going forward. They were happy to have a little bit of mess around the contest, but generally their game was built on on skill. Um, so I don't think we've missed the boat in that regard. I think I would rather see good entries into the... We've, play, we've played a game style with terrible entries into the forward line for the last 10 years, and it's never worked. Mm, no, fair call. Um, um, just on that, though, I think in if that is the way that, that the game is going, I think that's why we're going to see a big year from Aaron Francis playing forward um, because he has the speed and agility at ground level to be that hybrid tall forward that then hits the ground hard. He, he can win it on the floor. He can um, be a presence when the ball hits the ground as opposed to someone like two meter Peter who is a big ship that <laughs> once it hits the ground, you might as well not have him there. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair call. Um, oh, they're, they're fair points. Um, no, Melbourne, I mean, that was one of the Melbourne uh, points of difference for, part of me from 2020 to 2021 was that uh, they entered the forward line much better. Um, but I'm, that transition from defense to attack uh, was sort of, you know, just, just get it moving for, rather than try, you know, over handball or over kick, let's just get it, get it going and then enter the forward line nicely. But I say, I, I think you have a good point that we've, we've tried that for a long time and it never worked. And perhaps even with our personnel or maybe that, that style doesn't work as much or, you do need to copy sort of Melbourne model where it's um, get it moving forward quickly, but and be strong around the contest. Um, but then when you enter four fifty, you know enter efficiently and do it well. Yeah, um, you want to get it forward quickly, but yeah. you want to hit your targets inside fifty. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And then it does help when you got two uh, just marking behemoths, uh, you know, mm. <laughs> in May and leave so, it down back. So, so I actually am expecting. Assuming he stays fit and assuming they let him settle in a position, I'm expecting a big year from Aaron Francis. Um, yeah. If if he gets the sort of uh, time that Peter Wright got last year, there were, and I mean, he's my whipping boy, right? But Peter Wright got gifted games last year. There was stretches of games where he was incredibly poor and Andrew Phillips was sitting in the twos and could have come in and done a really good job for us. And they said, nah, we're going to give this guy some confidence. And it ended up paying dividends for us in the end. But I, I just hope they have the same attitude with Francis this year. Cause I've seen things late last year when he hadn't had any time training with the forwards and certainly into preseason where he's getting to the right spots. He's getting his hands to the ball. He's just a little bit rusty. Right, and if I think if that comes together, we're going to see some really big influential games from Francis. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think in terms of the Peter Wright one, you, you needed to give a goal at that game. Like you couldn't just say, "Okay, you're out." Come in a thirty-year-old Andrew Phillips. Peter Wright hadn't played for a couple of years at the level, uh, whether through injury or just not selected. So it was, it was going to take time. And you need with a big boy like that who's got so much, you want to shoulder so much responsibility. You have to. Give them time, give them confidence, and say, "Hey, when your spot's not up for, so you don't feel like you're playing for your career. Just go out and play for us. We're going to back you in all the way." So I think it is something you have to do. 
Um, and I've actually got this in our next segment, um, the expectations. Mm. But, yeah, we need a forward to stand up in terms of being a long option for us to kick to. Don't know what we're going to get out of Harry Jones. I, I don't he, – he, he came from nowhere last year, right? We're like, well, who's this kid we've got on the list? Um, like, I, I, I think if you're – if you knew enough about him, you knew you weren't surprised when he came in and uh, actually gave a bit of bet. But if you, if you had no idea, uh, you, you were certainly quite surprised. Um, like, I, 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 yeah, I knew I it expect was him to get better again, whether that's 10%, whether that's 20%, whether that's 50%, who knows? But I expect him to get better again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, me too. But um, I just wonder, you know, will he hit that sort of not second year? Yeah, second year blues sort of thing. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if he's ready yet to be that uh, that. Guy, I hope I'm wrong there. I hope he is ready. Um, but I, it probably does have to be a, a Peter Wright uh, or a Francis. Oh, because the only other one I see is Francis and Baldwin uh, fighting for the same spot. And that's probably one we, we've missed is, is Baldwin. But um, he's my boy, Baldwin. I really yeah. like Baldwin. He looks, you, he reminds me, and this is, this is getting way ahead. And it's only in the way that he moves and only in the way that he he reminds me a bit of of Lloydie, right? In terms of he runs in straight lines, he hits the contest hard and he turns around and kicks straight. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that he's going to be anywhere near that type of player, but he definitely has that presence and that body shape and that movement of like, I'm a leading forward and I'm going to hit packs hard. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I really yeah, yeah. like Baldwin. I really hope he makes a career for himself. Yeah, well, there's a reason why he was straight in, right? After, yeah, he hasn't played a game of footy in two-ish years and he's straight into the, albeit in pre-season, there's a reason why uh, he's straight in. So, so I've just yeah. pen here. Um, yeah, anyway, but that, that, that was all going to come into my expectations category. I don't know if we want to... Uh, well, well we let's jump into that. What, what are our, what are our expectations post preset because when we come back we're going to have a chat about the Geelong game oh um, yeah like it well um, look obviously the one there is win, win a final uh, that's, mm. a, that's a no brainer as I said before I, I want to see one forward stand up uh, and it'll be an interesting I think this will be a point of discussion all year is uh, if it is three forwards we got into the talls or medium tall um, which three is it uh, so I, I think Wright locks himself in because he is he's you know can play the ruck. Um, so I think he just probably gets in on that. But I also don't think he's a, a write off in terms of uh, I, I think there's a chance to be that one that stands up. We saw it in glimpses last year that he, he can do it. <laughs> he he can be that guy. Um, I think Jones probably takes the next spot because you know twenty twenty one. Yeah, 20, 21-year-old. He's shown plenty. Uh, you just got to give him games and get used to the AFL level. Um, but then, you know, that third spot, I don't think Francis and Baldwin, uh, in combination with the other two, if it is, in fact, those other two that are in the side, I don't think Francis and Baldwin uh, exist together. I just I just don't. No, I think they're playing for the same spot. And, and yeah. if it's me, I think probably Francis gets the opportunity this year with Baldwin given time, you know, all things being equal, Baldwin given time to develop in the VFL um, mm. or potentially Baldwin and Harry Jones swapping as they rest one, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, that's fair points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the spot is Francis's for now. Um, 
and he's given the opportunity to perform and Baldwin just gets an, a year of consistent footy under his belt after two knee recos. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's actually a fair point. I, I, I didn't take that into consideration. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's also assuming a, that, that Nick Cox stays on a wing as well, which I yes. assume he will. Yeah. Um, but, but that's a good issue yeah. to have. Um, oh, it I, is, I yeah. Think, I think Francis plays because I've seen it personally. I've seen enough glimpses from Francis that if he can put a season together, he will be a very, very good player for us. But he's he's getting close to the point in his career. We saw it with Parrish last year, the big leap he had. So and Paris and Francis was the same draft year. Um, so I think he's getting to the point in his career where it's like shit. I'll get off the pot. Um, and and he's had his challenges that we all know about. Um, but this is this is really he's the one under the most pressure on the list, I think, um, in terms of yeah. Your spot. I, I I do feel sorry for him because not a lot that's gone his way. I mean, you know, last no. year he was sort of him and uh, Lavin Ridley. You know, it was it was their backline, and and he was a key yeah. mark for that. And then got injured, and and you know, uh, Stewart came in, and Lav just settled down so nicely. And and yeah. uh, by the time he came back, there wasn't really a spot for him. He had to put him up forward. So yeah. Yeah, Lab uh, took his spot in the back line, and yeah. and so now he's he's got to be, he's got to push into the forward line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, look, I agree with you. If, if um, if it comes off, uh, I think like I, I think he's certainly capable. I just feel the the limited opportunities had. Uh, I I do feel for him there. Mm, um, I agree. And the other expectation I had is I, I want to see us beat three out of four top four sides. Hmm. At the end of the year, we'd say, all right, we beat three of them. I, um, my expectation, as realistic or unrealistic as it is, is I want us to be anywhere between four and six on the ladder. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to be comfortably in the finals um, and I want to see just more improvement. Um, and where that comes from, I think I'll, I'll name a few players. Full season from Sam Draper. Full season from Jai Caldwell continuation of the form of Devin Smith from last year. Full season from Aaron Francis, right? Um, Peter Wright moving forward from his um, from his form towards the end of the last year. So, improvement there. Um, Harry Jones improving again. Cox Blankford. and Perkins improving again. Langford is so, going for that. Langford, yeah, I expect... You know, I expect consistent improvement from Langford. So there, there's improvement. McGrath playing another good year, you know, at, yeah. back at his best. So there's definitely Dylan Shield getting, not missing 15 weeks or whatever he missed. So um, there's improvement in the team. Um, whether it is enough to take us from where we finished sort of eighth to fifth or sixth, fourth or fifth or sixth, maybe. It depends what happens with other teams. But I, um, I think there's improvement in the team still to come. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wonder if us as fans, you know, we're thinking three or four top sides finish four to six. I wonder if we're, I mean, if you compare 12 months ago, we were happy to just win a, a handful of games and we were so lucky to make, not lucky to make finals, but like so like, wow, we didn't expect that. Hmm. Uh, I, I wonder if, are we over, you never want to under expect, but no, the no, fixture went our it's... way last year and I don't know if it'll be the same this year. Uh, yeah, but, but we had a lot of games lost by less than a goal or less than two goals. Yeah, you turn cool. those around and we, we have a year like that last year. Yep. So, and we didn't, we had a good year because we had low expectations, but we didn't have a great year. Yeah, no, 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 of course. 
Um, and to be honest, I'm just sick of being mediocre. Um, yeah. So it, it may not be... So when I say this is what I expect, this is what me as an Essendon fan wants to happen, it doesn't mean that I'm being realistic in terms of where our list is at, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. No, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really, it's a, so it's whether you put a number on, on the position, essentially, I want us to be comfortably in the finals one or two weeks out and playing good footy yeah. and... You know, if if we lose a couple of close games or we get some injuries or whatever, that's going to happen. But all things being equal, I want us to be in the mix for a home final week one. Yep, yep. No, I think that's uh, that's fair. Yeah, no, it is fair expectation now. Yeah, mm. right, good. Awesome. So why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we'll do our first preview of the first game of the year. So, Matthew, round one, Saturday afternoon, 2.10 p.m., traditional footy slot. Essendon taking on Geelong for the first game of the year. How do you see this going? Well, I'm unsure what to make of Geelong. I just don't know uh, what they're going to produce. So, um Either way, I think it's a. It's certainly one. Who, I mean, it's cliches, and it's one we want to win. We want to win them all, but uh, certainly one. Yeah, if if, if we would be not sitting pretty comfortable, we would want to beat them. If we're serious, we'd want to beat them. I think. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll go one or two ways. I think they'll either plummet or they'll they'll sit at the top again. Um, but if we, regardless of where they sit. If you're serious, you, you beat you want. To, I mean, you want to beat the top sides, and you want to beat the sides you're better than. So, um, so you want to beat I, everyone, is what you're well, saying. Well, exactly. Ross, I'm actually going nowhere with that, but yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, football's a cliche game. I've actually got. Uh, it was posted on the Footy on Nine uh, Facebook page. Uh, oh. Our best twenty three for twenty two. So uh, there is definitely one here that needs to be changed because it won't be available, but. Uh, from the back line, Redmond, Stewart, Ridley, halfback, McGrath, Laverde, uh, Heppel in the yep. center. Uh, you have Cox, Merritt on the ball, and Langford on the other wing. Half forward, Stringer, uh, Harry Jones, uh, Archie Perkins, and up forward, uh, Tipper. Obviously, he'll need to be changed. I don't know who's going to come in for him. Uh, Peter Wright at full forward, and Will Snelling in the forward pocket. Your followers yep. being Draper, Shield, Parrish. On the bench, you've got Caldwell, Hind, Devin Smith, Jake Kelly. And our sub is Matt Guelphy. Um, who comes in for Tipper? Is it straight in for Matt Guelphy? Um, Smith probably probably goes starts, I suppose. Um, I, I think Guelphy comes in. So I think our, our three smalls that we're going to be playing as, as pure small forwards is Guelphy, Smith and Snelling. Um, with Perkins spending some time in there. It's uh, best 22 is hard for us. There's a, mm. there's competition for spots is really, really difficult and assuming everyone's fit. But I think if it's me, Guelphie gets the the go because he he's quick and he tackles hard. And that's really the bare minimum that you want from that small forward position. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got Francis and Baldwin out of the side. So, yeah. and looking at it now, I go, well, where the hell do they fit? 
Um, and that's yep. where, you know, maybe Harry, you, 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 yeah, you need to see what you get out of Jones and, and Wright. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good to have a 22. And you're not, um, you know, you're not debating players that wouldn't make it at other teams. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, is he in that? It's gen- like generally some, some guys who at other clubs would be, would be playing, I, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So I think Geelong have had a pretty poor preseason in terms of um, injuries to key players, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So they haven't been able to get a lot of their players on the track together for most of the preseason. So players that are going to be unavailable are Mitch Duncan, Sam Menegola, Mark O'Connor, Gary Rowan, and Jonathan Segler. They're all going to be missing from their round one team. doesn't mean they don't have the quality to compete. Um, but it's interesting, like you say, they're either going to drop off. This is the year that they drop off, which we say every year with Geelong, or they're going to be around the mark. But I don't think they're going to start the season with a bang. I think they're the kind of club that are happy to roll into the season and slowly build and get ready for September, if in fact they make it. Yeah, well, that's that's a fair call. I also think on the flip side of that, um, if when you do have so many guys out that are veterans, you obviously have some young kids come in um and these kids they, they can just sort of re i mean similar to what we had a year ago right like they just come in and you re-energize the side and you know there's this new uh aura about the about the side mm-hmm. so um don't be surprised if they come out and we're like who's that guy and like hawthorne did it to us uh this yeah. <laughs> around yeah. one last year like who's that guy who's that guy who's that guy and you know yeah. like with 40 points up and then we're a point down and lose the game but yeah. uh yeah no don't be surprised if they're a bit of a surprise package along. I won't be shocked if they come out and there's something we're like, oh, damn. Didn't, didn't I, I, they're going to be, I think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting a, a big drop off, even though it's something that's possible. Um, but I, I would expect a contest. I don't want us to get rolled over in round one. Um, and what typically happens with Geelong is one year they'll beat us by seven or eight goals. And then the next year we'll beat them by seven or eight goals. Mm. And, I just feel like it's our turn this time. <laughs> it's your turn, you know, uh, an eye for an eye. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a decent contest. So um, here's our see. Here's how I see our team overall. I think our defense is re- the back six very solid, mm. and I think our midfield is turning into the strength of our football team. Where this game will be won and lost is if we can kick enough of a score with our patchwork forward line. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's fair. Call. Yeah, I, I, I think that's 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 I, fair. Yeah, I, I also don't. I, I think maybe underselling it. A forward line always gets underwritten. Yeah, we we lack a key forward, but there's potential there for guys to stand up and yeah. Uh, it goes both ways because no one could stand up and, uh, you know, you've proved your point exactly. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think underestimate the potency of our forward line if we can get some things right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I'm, I'm talking about this game in, in particular. I think our midfield potentially has the opportunity to smash their midfield given that our midfield is coming into its prime and their midfield is starting to drop off. So yeah. if, you can, if you can have a Parish versus Dangerfield Parish gets on top there. You've got a Merritt versus Selwood. Merritt gets on top there. 
then our midfield this year actually runs deeper than theirs, I think. Yeah, I was just thinking, hey, you do the head-to-head, it's actually not too bad. It's actually... uh, That's right. That's right. And that's typically... Their bigger bodies have typically beaten us. um, Yeah, well, you throw a stringer around the ball. um, That's right. That's right. Yeah, interesting to see what a what a Perkins does in there against some some pretty uh, seasoned opposition. And who's um, their ruckman? Uh, Reece Stanley. So it'll be, yeah. I'm interested to see Sam Sam Draper could be anything this year, but I'm interested to see how he goes against established ruckman and those sorts of things. Yeah, well, it's crazy to think he hasn't uh, even even like uh, Ridley. You know, hasn't I don't think he's hit fifty games yet. Uh, Drake's not at fifty games. <laughs> Has, is Drake's Dra- at twenty? Like, uh, I'll tell you right now, Sammy Draper. He is. 21 games. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, his, his kicking for goal is a big issue. It is yeah. a massive issue. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, besides the point. He does a lot of a lot of things really well. Um, yeah. So, look, I think it'll be a contest. It's hard to call. I'm, I'm going to say Essendon's going to win because this is an Essendon podcast and we are Essendon fans. But it's it's a tough start to the year, isn't it? Um, it always is. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Even like in community series where, you know, oh, you're probably winning going, on. Oh, we're just playing St. Kilda. Um, but don't forget, St. Kilda um, massively underperformed last year uh, yeah. and could very well be, you know, up there with us this year. I, I don't know if they will, but there's a we, chance. We smashed them in the community series. <laughs> we just didn't kick a score. score. Well, yeah. Yeah, but but that's what you take from the community series, right? We kicked like 12, 16, or we smashed them. We just didn't convert, which is going to be a problem. If, yeah. if that continues, it's going to be a problem, right? It's actually a massive problem. <laughs> yeah. But we've... um, So we've got Geelong and then the Lions and then Melbourne. Oof. This game is important. Well, I mean, they're all important, right? But if we, yeah. if we can be one and two at the end of those three, anything better than one and two, and I'm wrapped. If we go two and one or three and zero, oh, then if we go three and zero, oh, just get make sure you cancel your September holidays, mate. Yeah. Well, I, I th- if we're one and two, I think we are on the same trajectory that we've always. I mean, that would be a that would yeah. be a mediocre result. I would have thought. Yeah. We're serious. Yeah. We're two and one. I, I think. Yeah. Because we're playing the Lions, but we're playing them at Marvel. Ah, oh, good sides a good side anywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah, like potentially feeds into our favour, but uh, oh, that does feed into our favour. But the Lions aren't necessarily bad in Melbourne, if I've got my knowledge of the Lions right. So, mm. yeah, oh, if if we're serious and we're going to say no, we're we're you know destined for four to six, and we want to be up there. We need to be and, two and, and one to, minimum. We need to be two and one. Need to be. Um, yeah, and that one needs to be, uh, you know, a matter of kicks, like yeah. it, not, I, not not a blowout like we had this time. Nah. Five months ago with Port and Brisbane. So, and if we're 0 and 3, I'm cancelling the podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, wrap it up. Yeah, I, I think, uh, no, that I, I, it's I season know. done. See, so it is, it always is. You lose, yeah, lose one early and or a couple early, and it's done. But if we're um, 0 and 3, I mean, there's a potential that after round six, we're 3 and 3, right? Because then we've got Adelaide, Frio, and Collingwood, right? But it's it's too hard to come back. To be 0-3, it's way too hard to come back from that. Mm. Oh, we, we did started. it last year, right? Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, uh, look, the thing I... Like, I always not wonder about football, but like we put so much emphasis on round one, but it 
it still counts just as much as round two, and it still counts. Yes, counts as oh, I just said the wrong word there. It still counts as much as round seventeen and eighteen. But we, you know, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Um, but we put so much like it's like what? Well, okay, we lose three. All right, what if we look, win four on the trot from nine to After thirteen? That. So I don't, I, I don't buy the, the idea of it's too hard to come back. I think a season is a progressive build, uh, and and you don't write yourself up so early because there's still so many moving pieces. So. Stop being so reasonable, Matthew. <laughs> Having said that, uh, this is the yeah. Don Father. If if we're not two and one, we're we're kidding ourselves. Yeah. So look, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think it'll be won and lost on whether our forward line can take the most of our opportunities. I think our midfield matches them pretty well. I think our defence matches them their forward line pretty well. Um, it's really it's about whether we can take the opportunities that we're given. Yep, well, that's football, isn't it? Take, take your opportunities you give it, <laughs> like anything in life. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, Maddie, let's wrap it up. We'll uh, obviously come back after this game. We'll do a review and preview of the next week, Brisbane Lions. We might be happy, we might be sad. Mm, I think we'll be happy. I think uh, it's, it, the only problem with it being a traditional time slot is see people like myself and my brother have to go and play ourselves and probably miss most of the games, so... So what you're saying is you're not committed. I will be there. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my brand me. new minted MCC membership and I'm wandering in. <laughs> Fair um, enough. There you go. You've got the RM Williams and... Yeah, and the, and the college shirt. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he going to lunch or something. Surely, yeah. Yeah. It's not go the Darwin Club. That's, that's go to the, the Jim Stein yeah. Grill. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed in there, actually. I'll have to check with the, check with the people. I'm just a pleb level member at the moment. Ah, Okay. So I don't know. I don't know where, where I'm allowed in, what I'm allowed to do. Yeah. Okay. Maybe just wear the old uh, Kerry. Uh, sure got just Kerry get my old associate. spray jacket out. Yeah. 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 The blazer. <laughs> just to make him, make sure they know that I belong. I might look like a wog, but I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been around the traps. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know awesome. who I am. I'm, I'm from That's Barker's right. Road. Yeah. Yeah. I might sound like I'm from Thornbury, but I'm really from Barker's Road. <laughs> spent my time there anyway wrap it up we digress you've been a yeah. goose awesome well thanks for joining me Maddie. no thanks and, Adam. Uh, it's good to be back until next time go dons go dons <laughs>